Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome, Browns backers. I'm Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the Browns crew in 91, Worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> he rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl, anybody? 37. 37. Uh, and between Tony and I, we've probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Welcome, Browns backers. It's Chuck Campisi here with Tony Dick, and we are Believe in the Browns. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Tony, there has been some changes over at 76 Lugrosa since we last talked. Uh, Elliot Wolf is no longer the assistant GM, although it appears the Browns did make some effort to try to keep him. Um, Alonzo Highsmith is no longer the VP of player personnel. Steve Mallon is no longer the college scouting director. Jeff Howard is now our defensive backs coach and the only defensive coach on the staff, although we can get into that a little bit later, which may bode well for the Browns, actually. Bill Callahan is the offensive line coach. Drew Petzing is the tight ends coach. And AVP, Alex Van Pelt, is the offensive coordinator and one other, I guess, not change, but we even have an off-season clown nose to give as Kareem Hunt gets the clown nose um, for his traffic stop with marijuana. <laughs> so where do we stand, Tony? Well, well, what do you got? You know, for me, I guess analytics has won 
the building. Uh, I mean, they are in control of the building. So um, if, if that's the case, then I guess we're, we're going to need to accept that and, and then just figure out where that takes us. And, um, you know, for me, I'm pretty sure I know where analytics takes us because while analytics hasn't had 100% control of that building over the last six years, um, it, it definitely has been, you know, the heavy hand. And, and you know, that has gotten us 1-15, 0-16, the failure last year. Um, and, and I don't know, I, I just need to, I guess we're going to need to see how this plays out with the draft, like, you know, how this changes things. I don't think it really changes anything to go to go all in. Um, like I said, they've, they've had the heavy hand. Um, I really was hoping we would go back to football. As much as I didn't like John Dorsey, I thought John Dorsey was at least getting us back to a football mentality when building this team. He was bringing in football players, and um, I guess – we're done with that. So. Yeah, I think, but if, I think if you're going to give John Dorsey credit for the last two years, then, and you're just giving Sashi credit for the two years that he was actually the GM. I don't, I don't know if I necessarily buy that. Like I think analytics was in the building for one in 15 and one 16, but I, I honestly, I would say, I don't think they had a heavy hand. I think they were maybe being listened to a little bit, um, maybe on the draft side of things, but not necessarily on the administrative play calling types of things that can actually be beneficial from an analytics standpoint. And I think they've maybe had a heavier hand the last two years, which have been, from Brown's standpoints, at least one semi-successful year. Um, so I don't know. I'd much rather, as I've said before, right, hey, the football guys had – at least 16 years to get this thing right, and they didn't. Um, I have no problem giving the analytics guys at least a decade. And if you want to say they've had four years, then I'll say fine. You know, give them four years. Just make sure they get the next six because we've already proven that our football guys, you know, and as much as maybe we hate to see Alonzo Highsmith go and Steve Mallon and Elliot Wolf, and, you know, no offense, they were here for – those seasons as well. I mean, Elliot wasn't here for all of those seasons. Obviously, he was just here for the last two. And if the the reason for Elliot Wolf is, well, he's Ron Wolf's son, and then you got Ron Wolf, well, then why not just hire Ron Wolf? Yeah, because he's retired. So I don't know. <laughs> you know, but that's the thing. It's like if, if you're like, hey, this kid knows a guy who's really smart. Well, that's yeah. that's great. Well, I, you know, my thought was, and I know people are going to laugh at this, but at this point, uh, I would have just hired the the kids that. Um, created the analytics algorithm for uh, the Madden AI um, in, in the Madden video game. <laughs> I mean, because at this point, um, I don't know, you know, it, right now I feel like analytics, the way we're using it, it's, it's kind of like common core math uh, at this point. Um, we, well, I will tell you that there are, <laughs> there are gamblers that pull the – for early season games, early season games, when they're not sure how players are going to fit with specific teams, they are professional gamblers that admitted to when I do player evaluations and I'm unsure how a specific player is going to fit on a specific roster, I use the Madden <laughs> rankings as a fill-in 
for data. That's how good those guys are uh, at kind of getting it right. Well, I, yeah, I, I read something the other day, and it's funny because it, it kind of echoed what I had said in 99, not, not to take us that far back, but when I look at back at 99, we had the number one pick in the draft, and then we had essentially two picks in every round of the draft um, until you know we got to the last round, which, fun fact, now think about this, fun fact, um, if we had accepted the Saints' offer and traded them our number one pick, we would have actually had, what What would they have had, the three pick? We would have had the number three pick in the draft and three picks in every round after that. Think about that. But I, I guess if you had put those in the hands of the folks that made those picks in 99, we probably would still be right here. We'd just be a sadder story. Um, but, but, you know, I said that... <laughs> I would, no, I would I probably then, agree with that. You know, heck, when you don't have anybody, you know, I hate to go all the way back to them, but let's just do it um, just to humor me. I, I mean, you, you go all the way back to 99, you think about it. We needed everything, right? So it didn't matter what position you drafted at. We didn't have anything. We, we literally didn't have a team. Um, so to me, I, I was saying, why even have a scouting department or a pro personnel department or you know any, anybody in charge of the draft? Why not just drive down to um, – to our, our local, uh, you know, let's say Drug Mart. Uh, we'll give them a plug. Maybe they'll send us a check. Um, it, it would go to your local Drug Mart. Go get a uh, <laughs> another plug, Streets and Smith, uh, draft preview, and then just open it up to their top 100. And whenever it comes time for us to pick, you, you just whoever's left on that list, you just take them. I, I think if you had gone back through that draft, it would be fun to see um, who, who we would have gotten if we had just done that. And um, I feel like, you know, where we're at, Right now, with the group we have, um, it's going to be interesting to see how they draft. Um, because I just just read an article about Theo Epstein and, and Theo um, and his approach to building a team after leaving the Red Sox and then going to the Cubs. And his, you know, his thought when he went to the Cubs is, "I got to do this completely different," which is insane when you think about it. Because I mean, he literally took a franchise that had not won a uh, World Series in 86 years. He wins a World Series, and then when he leaves, he says, "Well, I, I got to do this completely different because I don't think it's going to work." Um, you know the old approach, and uh, so then he he goes ahead with the new approach, which was to simply hire people that are of high character. Uh, you, you know, he had a test for every person before they drafted them. They ha- they had to write down six things. They had to write down three times when they faced adversity playing baseball and how they handled it, and then three time or you know three examples of ways that they had to face adversity outside of baseball and how they handled it. And he he used that like he analyzed that, and and that's how he built his team. Okay, and but if you if you give me that, then then why does everybody? Go with the we got to have a football guy in there. How does that argument even hold, right? Because that's not that's not, that's not football based, right? I mean, we might as well then just bring in a bring in a psychologist to administer some personality tests and and go off of that. Because I mean, you can't tell me that there's you know because we had this debate the other day. There's any metric to kind of measure some of those things that you can just see like oh i know that guy's a winner listen all these guys were winners at the at the level previous if they weren't they wouldn't be where they are today 
Um, you know, then you get you, when you draft non-winners, you get guys like Deshaun Kaiser, right? Um, I mean, and even when you draft winners, you get guys like you know Tim Couch. So there's no. You can't tell me there's a there's a oh we just know we're football guys like look at all the first round draft busts these guys don't well, know well they're giving their best giving their the best guess so using the analytic tools using some of those I don't have a problem with using some of those types of tools that are outside of kind of the realm of of normal uh, interpretation but it's all part of the toolbox like you have to have a really robust toolbox it can't just be one thing no i i agree with that and i think we've just been I, one I thing i agree with that I, I certainly agree with your first statement about how the browns need to bring in some uh psychiatrists or psych- psychologists or maybe a combination of <laughs> voodoo couch every five feet in that building at this point but uh um you know, I, I agree with that. I, I, you know, well, the other thing is when you bring in football people, I think you need to bring in real football people. The, the problem we've had is we've brought in football people that are football people according to, you know, their revisionist resume that they brought in. And, and, and like I said, I don't mean to bash management, but the problem you have is you've got an owner that is so out of his league in regards to running a team that any anybody with a, a shiny ring that they won in the past, um, no matter how they want it, is going to be able to dupe this guy into thinking they're a genius. I, I mean, you, you have someone that has not grown up in this system, and they, they don't they can't identify a football person if they wanted to. I mean, I mean, I you know. Which is bad because now you have someone who not only can cannot identify a football person, but they can't identify a person of high character either. I, I, I don't think. I mean, when I look at uh, the parade of of clowns that have come through there, I, I just don't see it. Uh, I mean, I don't. Yeah. I mean, this is an organization what... that hired Alex Shiner under the premise that he built uh, AT&T Stadium. For for uh, you know the Dallas Cowboys, that was him. You, you know because you know he happened to be living in Dallas when it happened. So you, you know, <laughs> and we see where that got us. The Jones family has no juices. But I don't know. You know, to me, like I I think I said it several broadcasts ago. I was big on going all in on Elliot Wolf. I think if he had gone with Elliot, you would have kept Alonzo in the building. To be honest with you, I think Alonzo's probably not wanted to be there for a while. Um, and, and, you know, the only thing that was going to keep him was Elliot being in charge. So I, I'm not really sure what your chances were of keeping him with anyone else coming in. So, um, Although he's either heading to Aruba or cleaning out his garage. Uh, that's what he said. So I, I would, you know, if I could offer one piece of advice to Alonzo, I would say I would, I would choose Aruba. Over cleaning out your garage, um, just just a just well, a fun I, I tip. Never, I've never been to a garage, um, so I, I... yeah. So I would I would just I would say Aruba is probably better than your garage. Yeah, unless so, your uh, garage is, you know, just but yeah. And him and 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 him and Elliot. I don't, you know, I don't know. I'm not necessarily, you know, would have liked to have seen some continuity. Yes, it's nice, but it's not like um, anything has been amazing um, in their tenure. We've had some good players selected we've had some poor players selected so i can't 
it's it's not the end of the world for me. Steve Mallon as well, college scouting director uh, from those side of things. I'm not distraught, and I I don't I can't say I disagree with the hire of Andrew Barry. I'm not super excited about it. We had that conversation last time, just based on the places he's been and the picks that have been made in those organizations. Uh, and again, we've discussed. You never know who's pulling the trigger or whose information is being utilized to make those decisions. But as a conglomerate, I don't think those picks have been great by the teams that, that he's been with. So I'm not necessarily over the moon there either, but I'm all for any kind of new approach or different approach because what's been happening for 20 years has not been working. So to have the youngest GM in sport, hopefully he's also the most open GM in sport, willing to have a big tent with some of the analytics guys, some of the football guys, and create a organization that can finally uh, move the football team in Cleveland forward um, for the first time in 20 years. Well, I, I think the, the, the other problem, you, well, the one constant, if you're going to talk about those 20 years, has been, and I know we're not going to, I'm just going to throw this out there, and it's not going to ch- change. The one constant we've had in, over the last 20 years is an owner that doesn't know anything about football. Um, yeah. You know, and that's... You know, it's it's easier, and this is going to come across as me being a, a wise, uh, I'll say wise acre. Uh, I don't, um, I don't want to swear, but uh, um, it's it's a lot easier in my mind to build a credit card company and and a series of gas stations than, than it is to to build a football team. I mean, it's just it's just. Uh, especially in the NFL, I mean, you you can make so many mistakes in those other two businesses and still, um, you know, be successful. I mean, we we've seen in the NFL. Look at look at the um, the New Orleans Saints, uh, you know, as an example. I mean, that was an amazing team this year. I thought they were they were like a runaway train, you know, in the second half of the season. And Drew Brees was on top of his game. Yeah, and I'll look at that team. Look at all the talent that was on that team, and they didn't make it. And and it's that's run by football people with a great head coach. I mean, and and they didn't make it. And and that's why when I look at our team and they're like, oh, we're just going to plug in one or two coaches, we're going to be ready to roll. <laughs> There's no, we are so far away. I, I mean, I think with the, you know, I was talking to somebody last year. I said if we win seven and nine next year. I think it would be, it would be a positive. I you know because everything is just in complete shambles and and you know I look at the coaching thing now it's like when when are we I mean what were we waiting for our GM to hire the rest of the coaches I mean all the good coaches are gone I mean I, I know we've got you know we do, we did pull off a little bit of a coup here that um, you know we do have the the person who you know commanded that amazing Cincinnati offense um, you know that it'll be great. Um, he did. He did an amazing job down there with Andy Dalton. So I'm sure he'll be able to run our offense. Um, you know, like a well, he was much. only there. I mean, I'm. You know, you do do a little background. I mean, he's not. It's not. It's not necessarily an inspiring hire, but I don't think it's necessarily. A, I think it's a solid hire. Realistically, I mean, the guy's been a quarterbacks coach for a long time in the league. Played in the league um, for an extended period. Um, you know, I mean, did coach Aaron Rodgers for a number of years. Uh, so I'm not necessarily, you know, I'm not overwhelmed with it, but I'm not, I don't think it's a bad hire. Um, 
the Bill Callahan hire is one that that concerns me a little more. Um, I don't. I think it's fine. You know, it's nice to have. We've said before, former head coaches on the staff. Um, and people make the argument, oh, well, when he was in Oakland, he took that team to the Super Bowl. Um, as much as you want to say John Gruden took Tony Dungy's Buccaneers to the Super Bowl. Um, if you want to make that argument, then Bill Callahan took John Gruden's Raiders to the Super Bowl and then wasn't smart enough to actually change the play calls um, when coaching against the guy who created the offense. And if you watch that, uh, which is great for me because that's how I got my Super Bowl ring, but it, if, you're, if you're looking at it from the standpoint of watch that NFL Films Super Bowl highlight video, you see John Lynch coming off the field after the Bucks just intercepted them for I think the fourth time in the game, uh, I think they got five, and I think two of them were returned by t- for touchdowns. Uh, coming off the field saying, Sluggo, Sluggo, because he knew exactly, <laughs> we knew exactly what play they were calling <laughs> and where the route tree was and where they were going to go with the ball. Um, and then he goes to Nebraska after that, um, a complete disaster, just a guy that, and this is what concerns me more, is that, not the coaching ability, but the, the lack of understanding of the fans, of the tradition at Nebraska, an unwillingness to embrace any piece of that while he was there. And yes, I understand, hey, maybe you needed to modernize that offense from where it was, and that might have been an appropriate step. But the way he went about it and the way he treated that fan base, because uh, I had gone to s- several games um, during his tenure there, was just unacceptable and that's what concerns me more is just yeah okay you might be a fine coach in the room but if that's some of the advice you're giving Stefanski and then you know the head coach role it's about dealing with those things you have to deal with those things you have to address those issues and if you don't have competence not only on the coaching side of things but also on that you know personal fan communication level success is really tough and and I just, I just hope, you know, maybe Bill Callahan learned from those experiences, and hopefully he can provide some of that advice. Uh, that's what I would hope, but that's that's the hire that concerns me. I think the most out of everybody that they've hired. Um, you know, I'm not going to say anything. I mean, Jeff Howard seems like a great hire because it seems like the Jeff Howard hire points to Joe Woods becoming the defensive coordinator um, for the Cleveland Browns, and considering he's currently the the passing game coach um, for the defense and the DB's coach for the number one ranked secondary and the team that's playing in the Super Bowl on Sunday. I'm happy to have that. I don't know. I, I, I agree. I agree with the assessment of Callahan. I mean, and I do want to, I do want to remind everyone that um, for all the success that he had at Oakland, um, Hugh Jackson went eight, eight. Uh, I, 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 you know, because I know people are, you know, never forget, never forget. Uh, never forget, never forget, right? <laughs> but if you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review the show. We're available on all your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com. That's at B-L-E-A-V.com. And at Believe Podcast. That's at B-L-E-A-V Podcast. If you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. So, Tony, we've kind of run through some of the hires. I mean, we don't necessarily need to go into, you know, I mean, Drew Petzing might be a guy that you know. He was in the building when you were in the building. He was an offensive intern. Um, 
for Norv uh, when they were here. He was an assistant QB coach in Minnesota last year. He's coming in to coach the tight ends. Um, you know, the, the one thing I will say about the staff a little bit is it does feel like, um, and this is where I, I, I like the Alex Van Pelt hire maybe a little more, is that's a hire where he went outside of his network. Right, he didn't. He had, didn't seem like he hasn't coached with Alex before. He might have known him because they were both in the NFC North there for a period, but it wasn't somebody that he had specifically coached directly with, like a lot of the hires um, that he's made. And so, I think I like that hire specifically for that reason, is because he must have come in and impressed in the interview, um, or maybe it was just hey, he was a guy that took the OC job, and since we haven't heard if Stefanski's going to be calling the plays. Um, he was a guy that said, no, I'll let you call the plays. If that's the case, I'm less impressed with the hire. If Alex Van Pelt is calling the plays this year, then I'm, I'm a little more confident in that hire because it means he must have impressed a little bit in the interview. Well, and, and you know, in regards to his network, I mean, part of the problem is uh, a lot of his, his network, quote-unquote, um, just decided to take promotions and or re-up with the Vikings. I, I mean, it's, you know, I think – You've got a guy who, um, you know, that's the problem with young coaches. I, I mean, it, I, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm just not sure how, how much of a leader, you know. And it's funny because once we, we, and I don't want to bad. I, I don't know the guy personally. Like I've never. I, I think probably for me, I, I would prefer to comment on somebody after I've actually talked to them. I mean, I think you know, fifteen <laughs> minutes you can tell if they're good or not, but. I just think he's one of those guys where he was behind the – I guess we have to feel sorry for him to some extent because we waited so long to hire him that, um, <laughs> you know, the, the the amount of coaches that were out there that were of quality um, were kind of taken up. Um, and then as soon as he left, because I know the one thing we had – you know, I had heard a ton of was oh, one of the Kubiaks are coming. There's a Kubiak coming. Well, the minute he left, um, they simply just stayed where they were at and um, – you know, just took the promotion. He's gone. I'm his assistant. I'll just take his job. I'm not going to Cleveland. So, um, you know, in that regard, I'm a little – I would have rather seen, um, you know, a Kubiak here. Um, I think that's probably would have been a better pickup for us. Um, and and I, don't, I don't have anything against Alex Van Pelt. I mean, I just think it's a first-time GM, a first-time head coach, and an OC with one year of experience as an OC, which – you know, really wasn't that bang up of a year. I mean, where was he at? Um, the Bills when he had his, his year? Um, uh, no, that's OC. when he was. I mean, he was. Yeah, he was OC there. I mean, and he had some good quarterbacks, though. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I mean, he took the Bills to. I mean, I think they were seven and nine the one year with um, Trent Edwards and JP Losman or something like that, which, you know, looking back, that's. That's not bad with those two guys. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, the whole not, Aaron Rodgers thing. I yeah, mean, I, I love the fact that he he was you know he was next to Aaron Rodgers, but I, I mean, I, I would be more impressed if they said he coached Aaron Rodgers in high school than I would be that he he coached him at Green Bay from fourteen to seventeen. I, I mean, it, I I don't know. I, I don't really remember Aaron's mechanics falling off and him, you know, coming in as this swing coach and, and readjusting his, his throws and then all of a sudden they took off. No, but, and I would agree with that. But, I mean, if you're not going to give him credit for that, then you can't bash him for having guys like, you know, 
J.P. Losman and Brian Brom and Ryan Finley not exactly light the league on fire because, you know, they didn't really light the league on fire for anybody. So I think that, I think that one, if you're, you know, if you're not giving credit somewhere, then you can't, you know, take uh, take points off on the on the flip side of things um, for the for that one. But but we'll see. We'll see. And then you got the rest of the folks in here and we'll see how it happens. And at least they're somewhat filling out the staff. Um, hopefully the rest of it will be filled out by the end of next week. Uh, Andrew Barry's running the show. Like you said, it's going to be a first time head coach, first time GM, first time OC, first time DC. Um, so it, it will be an interesting building um to to say the least so i would i would like to see i know like i said i know callahan's in there i would like to see somebody come in as a you know maybe not even with a position role uh that has head coaching experience that would come in as a you know special assistant to the head coach or something like that that might make me feel a little better just a little guidance i think we all need that at times and that would be good to see from this side of things so I don't want to get too far into the weeds here. It is Super Bowl week. I'm down here in Miami um, enjoying the nice weather. We were at the uh, went to the heat game on Tuesday night. We're going um, to work the Hall of Fame finalist reception dinner, though, tonight. So that should be good with the uh, – get the two classes this year. You have the Centennial class, right? So those are the guys like um, the Carmichaels, the Cowers, and the Johnsons that already know that they're going to get in. And then you have the guys, uh, the traditional class that's going to come in, that's going to be announced on Saturday at the, the NFL Honors event. So um, it should be a good should be a good dinner tonight with those folks. And we got the Merlin Olson luncheon tomorrow as well, helping out with the Lee Steinberg, um, some of his clients as well to, on Friday. And then Saturday we got the Hall of Fame autograph signing that we're working, and then. We have the uh, Lee Steinberg party, and two years ago we had a guy. Uh, one of our students was was manning the the table with uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, after his rookie year when he sat on the bench behind Alex Smith for all but the last few games of the season, and then uh, and then he went and lit it up for fifty touchdowns the next year, and now he's in the Super Bowl this year. So uh, it's always fun to be at those types of events. It's good to be down near the Super Bowl. There's a lot going on. Um, Better than being in Cleveland this time of year, though, Tony. Sorry. Hey, hey. That uh, feels like a dig at me. Um. <laughs> I know I know you were in New Orleans for the CFP, so you guys got that in. Um, and that was better be, than being in Cleveland that time of year as well. So hopefully we got some uh, – we'll have some fun this week. The Browns put together a staff. We'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. Any Any changes on your Super Bowl pick? For for this week, Tony, who you got? No, I, I you know I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with the um, I'm gonna go with the 49ers by uh, three. Um, 49ers by I, three. I think a field okay. goal wins it. A field goal wins it, and um, unless uh, Patrick Mahomes does really really well, and then I think they win. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like I need to. Have, I, I mean, that, you know it. it I said this, and I may have said this last week. I, I don't know. I, I'm to the point now where I, I don't remember what I'm saying half the time. But, you know, I, I I have said, if I didn't say it here, I've said it elsewhere, I felt like this is the one year where I, I really wish the NFL uh, was, was um, 
using the Major League Baseball or NBA format of a seven-game series. Like, I, I, <laughs> these are. I, I think we're going to leave Sunday, and of course, I may be wrong. It would be the first time, but um, I think we're going to leave Sunday wanting more. Um, I look at these two teams. This is like a perfect matchup. It's that classic matchup, and, and I just, I'm just anticipating a really really good game and a game that we're all going to walk away from and say man that was that was something special um because you've got you know somebody was saying it the other day it, it, you know it's like these all you know bizarro alternate universes right you got the young coach the young coach in san francisco believes in just kind of the grinded out game and then you got the old guy you know, in Kansas City with this offense, this lights out, almost like a video game offense, you know, they can throw, you know, heck, they're down 24 points and they're winning games by, you know, what, however <laughs> they win by 30 points. I mean, it was ridiculous. I, I mean, so it's it's going to be neat to see those two, um, you, you know, styles that are just complete opposite styles going at it and um, see who comes out ahead. And I, I'm, I'm geeked for it. Um, like I said, I, I cannot wait for this game. And um, it's probably the first time I've, I've said that all year. Um, there really hasn't – I mean, for me, you know what's funny? It's classic NFL, right? They, they put out kind of a mediocre effort, and then um, they still come out on top. And I think that's where we are this season. <laughs> I think this season for me was one of the more forgettable seasons. A lot of sloppy games, a lot of terrible refing, But all that stuff will all go away if this game ends up being an amazing game. Um, you know, which I guess you got to tip your hat to the NFL for the model that they've got. I mean, it seems to be working for them. Yeah, I think it, it kind of reminds me of of Super Bowl Forty Nine, um, where you know it was that Seahawks Patriots game where um, they decided not to give it to Marshawn Lynch on the goal line, um, and you you know you have a, a really great offense against a really great defense. And we'll see how it turns out. And I hope it's a game that's as, as good as that game was. And, um, you know, from a non-game side of things, I hope the halftime show is as good as that halftime show was. Um, having been to, you know, almost a, um, almost 10 Super Bowls, I think this is my ninth uh, this year. The Super Bowl 49 was by far the, the best halftime show I've been to. Um, Katy Perry and Missy Elliott and Lenny Kravitz, they crushed it. So um, yeah, I hope the game's great, and the and, the, and the left shark. Um, <laughs> well, well Miami the... <laughs> has never disappointed. Me, I, I mean, uh, to me, the, uh, the yeah. Prince singing "Purple Rain" in the rain was um... oh, it was a great halftime show. I, I was yeah. not there personally, so I could, that's why I say you know of the ones I have seen live, um, that was the best one, and and so I'm hoping I'm hoping for another great show on the field whole way through halftime through because uh i'd love to see another great game because we saw i mean we were in was it houston for the uh the falcons uh patriots as well that was a great game going into overtime and so the the more fun you can make the super bowl that yeah you're right then the the bitter shine it puts on the season regardless of how good or bad that season was if that last game uh is great the season was great and if that last game was not so great uh, the season was not so great. So hopefully we'll get a great one. I think you're right. I think it's going to come down to a field goal. I'm, I'm on the Niners as well. So we'll see how it all plays out here. And we'll move forward with the Browns. Being the Browns, doing stuff that 
is a little unconventional and at least maybe hopefully this time it works <laughs> you know but you gotta like you said and that's that is a concern and i think that would concern almost everyone is that you have a lot of people that are in roles that they are now in for the very first time or have not been in role that role for a long time you know like you said van pelt was the offensive coordinator you know for two seasons in buffalo and you know, 2008 and 2009 or something like that. Um, you know, that's a, it's a long way removed from that role. Um, you know, Drew Petzig is the first-time tight ends coach. You know, um, and it seems like Joe Wood's going to be a first-time defensive coordinator. Um, so hopefully we can make it happen. But we'll, well see. When it comes to football versus analytics, the one thing I will throw out there, and it's something they're going to have to deal with here, and, and, and I'm sure next week we'll be talking about it. I can't help but think when I was watching that, um, watching that last game for the Houston Texans, and I know he didn't have a phenomenal season, but but I really I was a big Duke Johnson fan, and the way we treated this goes back to just the organization as a whole. The way we treated Duke Johnson, and the way we just kind of said, "Hey, we got something better here, numbers wise. Get you know, you're out the door." Um, and we went all in on Kareem Hunt, if you will. I mean, I look at that now, and I just, you know, it's a perfect example of just not not getting it and not being able to look at the person that's there um, beyond the numbers and just, I get it. Like, he's not throwing up the numbers, but at least he would have played the entire season. At least he would have put in an effort. And, and I, I, I just... You know the way he was treated and the way he was shoved out the door, so that we could bring in Kareem Hunt. Um, I just think those. See, but are, I don't think Kareem are... Hunt was, and I, and I would agree with you in a sense on that. Like I just, I totally agree with you on the treatment of of Duke Johnson. But I would disagree on who made that decision because I think if you would have asked a lot of football people, they would have come to the same conclusion, right? I mean, Kareem Hunt was younger, he was faster. You know, I mean, I. I think if you're asking football evaluators as well, they're telling you that Kareem Hunt is the better talent than Duke Johnson in that situation. I don't think there's a there's a differentiation on the talent piece. I think it goes back to what the, the character piece that you were talking about earlier. And I don't think that that falls on the football side or the analytics side. I think that just falls. I mean, I think that has to be a, a fundamental approach for both sides. And it seems like whether we've been doing the analytics approach or whether we've been doing the football approach, we have always forgotten that piece. Well, we, I, I guess we, we need to, maybe we need to bring in, maybe we got the wrong baseball guy. Let's go get Theo Epstein for Christ's sake. <laughs> That's, that would be fine with me. I have no, I have no problem with that. Yeah, I have well, no problem with that. Billy. Today, see, see yeah. That's fine. Theo. Hey, we got you. I'll tweet at him. Get him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he could stay. Apparently, he could stay in Chicago. Like he doesn't even have to move here. He could just Skype in twice a week, right? I mean, hey, that's that's fine. I'm good. Yeah. I'm good with that. And they got all the technology, right? You zoom in. You can Skype in. You can, you know, Google Hangout. I mean, uh, we'll hit them all. We'll hit them all. Yeah. So. So. All righty, Tony. Well, I got to get out of here. We got to head down to uh, South Florida. Get our okay. students working. Get some. Uh, Get some grub. All so. right, I gotta go back to bed. So there's that. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, Browns backers, thanks for tuning in. Again, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe, rate, and review us. We're available on your favorite directories, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. And at Believe Podcast. That's at B-L-E-A-V Podcast. If you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. And we are Believe in the Browns takes a lot of faith to do it, but we do it. Anything else, Tony? uh, Chubb two Bs, check two Cs. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.